Drama City Productions presets. Immersion Rig now online. Welcome nerd. Now generating episode 60. Featuring horror, comics, movies, wrestling. Full immersion begins in three, two, one. Hey, this is Christian. Hey, this is Damon. And this is the Amazing Nerd Show. And we're both sick. Yes. <laughs> so last couple weeks it was just me, but now Christian's sick. Yeah, I think it was your fault. Probably, probably. <laughs> but I'm I'm actually recovering. You know, I just sound like shit, but I'm I'm feeling okay. Yeah, I woke up this morning. I was like, something, something's, something's wrong. definitely there. <laughs> I grabbed all the pills, went to work. All of the pills. Um, yeah, so this is probably going to be a shorter episode. We hope so. I don't I, <laughs> I don't think my voice is going to carry through, so um, it might be a little abbreviated. We might be cutting a few segments. We'll see. We'll make it up to you guys, though. We promise. Um, but that being said, the Oscar goes to... Into the Spider-Verse. That's right. Huge news for nerds. Nerds rejoice. We finally got some recognition. Uh, no, it was up against some really tough competition, though. Yes, yes. Um, but I think it was the favorite. I mean, the way people were talking about it, um, you know, it didn't seem like a huge surprise mm. that it won. It's just awesome that it did. You know, Spider-Man has a fucking Oscar. Um, you know, and it's just a damn good movie. I mean, a lot of people were saying it was the best comic book movie of the year. So, and it, there was a lot of good comic book movies this yes. year. So I was really happy to see that. And then, you know, Black Panther won a bunch of fucking awards, too. Mm. Didn't get the best picture, but, you know, I think it actually won the most awards for a superhero movie. Yes, I think it, was, it came out three? Yes, three. Um, it won for Best Production Design, Best Costume Design, and Best Original Score. Definitely deserved it for score. Mm. I, I definitely agree with score, so... Um, you know, good year, you know, for, for comic book movies, mm. slowly kind of, you know, breaking that barrier. So. Too, like outshine, you know, um, Infinity War, mm. both of those films. Yes. I mean. That's huge. Cause yeah. Infinity War was fucking awesome. So <laughs> that's saying a lot. Um, speaking of comic book news, um, we're hearing, um, through a lot of different sources that the upcoming Batman movie not only has one villain. Not only has two villains, but has four fucking villains in it. How does that make you feel, Christian? <sighs> they all have small parts, I'm hoping. Yeah. Know, I hope it's not like a team of villains going up against Batman the entire time. Yeah, I definitely don't want to see that because it's supposed to be like a younger Batman. Mm. So, I mean, I don't feel like it's realistic to have him going up like against a huge like barrage of villains. Um, and I don't want them to like use the rogue gallery that quickly. So I'm guessing you got some like mid carters to use yes. some wrestling term, um, here. Um, the penguin is, you know, heavily rumored at this point. A lot of people are reporting that the penguin is a definite, you know, um, villain in this movie. But then, um, we're hearing that, you know, that there's three others, 
um, you know, kind of like peppered through the whole movie, some of them bigger roles than others. Uh, but this is like being reported by like a Forbes writer, Mark Hughes, and other writers who are, you know, coming mm. from decent sources. So um, I'm, I'm, I'm excited by it, though, because I, I really, I mean, it's different than what we've seen in the past. You know, usually you get kind of that one-on-one battle. Um, you know, Batman eventually started going two-on-one, you know? Yeah. It sounds dirty. Um, but then, you know, you they kind of realized that was a mistake. I think with a character like Penguin, though, you can have underlings that will be... Because he's, you know, he's a crime kingpin at this point. Mm-hmm. He, he can easily have other villains working under him. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. I would love to... I would absolutely love to see um, them do a more serious Victor Freeze working under Penguin, you know, trying to get the funds to help take care of his research, and he has to do bad things for Penguin. I wouldn't mind it. I I, I love that story, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so I almost want that to be its own thing. You know, I, I, I see where you're going with it, but I almost want that to be, like, the main focus of, you know, the whole movie. So, I mean, maybe Penguin's more of the secondary character and, you know, Freeze is actually, you know, the main event, if mm-hmm. you will. So I'm using a lot of wrestling terminology <laughs> for some reason with the comic book news, but I don't care. I'm going with it. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I do, I do want a Mr. Freeze. That's not Arnold Schwarzenegger mm. on the screen. Yeah. So, um, you know, but I, who else would you like to see? Um, you know, just recently I watched the Dark Knight trilogy. I wouldn't mind seeing them take a character like Zaz and actually do a storyline with him. Zaz makes like, it, he feels like he'd be a great, you know, secondary character. Especially for him. early young Batman. Yeah. Yeah. He makes sense. Because mm. um, it's just in the, what, Batman Begins, he's just running around. There's mm, nothing to him. It yeah. Bothers me a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing them redo uh, Scarecrow. Yes. You know, I think he'd be fun, like, you know, not necessarily like an underling, but, you know, someone working with Penguin, mm. you know, to, you know, you know, hatch one of his schemes or something like that. So I think that would work. And that's just, I feel like it's such a cinematic, you know, villain. To have on screen, he would I work so well. Draw too many parallels to like the Dark Knight trilogy and stuff like that. Like, I know. I feel like I feel like Scarecrow in that was such a secondary mm. character that they could really, really dive into you know his motives and everything like that and his backstory and would work well and really kind of do up like you know all those nightmare sequences yes. and everything. Um, go really like psychedelic and everything. Like, I mean, what they did with like the animated series was fantastic. So, god damn, that animated series was great. <laughs> My god, I mean, that's what gave us the whole Mr. Freeze origin mm-hmm. story yes. that came directly from the animated series. You know, before that, he was just a guy who, you know, like cold. <laughs> so, you got a great backstory from yes. that animated series. That's one of my favorite, like, you know, animated, like episodes of all time you know um, of any show so um but yeah moving on we have the announcement that will smith and suicide squad are parting ways so that's it what we some kind of suicide squad it's your heart broken christian no me neither <laughs> i'm fine <laughs> i don't know if they're gonna they were kind of speculating will they recast deadshot it's all due to scheduling. It wasn't like something where, you know, creative differences. They could use a different character than Deadshot. They could. They could. Or just pretend those movies didn't happen. Mm. You know, I'm fine with that too. So 
Um, I was not a fan of the original Suicide Squad. I'm super excited to see what James Gunn brings to the table. I'm okay with them having a fresh start. I mean, obviously, you're going to have Harley in it. Mm. That's fine, but you don't even have to mention, you know, the prior movie. I'd be fine, you know. So, how would you feel about that? Um, I mean, if Black Manta wasn't already, I I can't say his actual name. I have no idea how to say that. Thing. But the actor who plays Black Manta, oh. I would totally have him play Deadshot if he wasn't already Black Manta. Oh, yeah. He would work. Hmm. I could see that. Um, God, now I'm going to look up his name. <laughs> Yaha Abdul-Mateen? Maybe? The second? Yeah, <laughs> sure. So, uh, speaking of which... Hmm. He's just been cast as our new Candyman. You I know? think it's a good choice. I think so, too. Uh, he was Black Manta in, you know, Aquaman. I thought he did a fantastic job. You hated it, but whatever. <laughs> you know, that's just me. You know, I mean, it did make over a billion dollars, dude. I mean, whatever. <laughs> but no, I, I did enjoy uh-huh. I did enjoy his role as Black Manta. I thought he did a fantastic job. So, um, But I definitely feel like he's a good fit. For Candyman, he's also going to be in Jordan Peele's Us that's coming out, you know, in uh, spring. So, um, and then he's going to be in the Watchmen series too. So, I mean, this guy's going nerd deep here. You know, he's going to be doing the convention circuit for a long, long yes. time with all these <laughs> roles. So, um, but yeah, no, I mean, I think that's a good casting choice, though. I feel like it's a really good fit mm. for Candyman. So. Um, we also had some news on the horror front. Uh, a Quiet Place 2 officially has John Krasinski as the director. So we knew that he was on board, like helping out with the script yes. and everything like that. But now he's back as the director. Um, but there's also rumors that Emily Blunt might be returning, okay. which goes against everything we kind of heard when um, he was talking about originally being sold on the sequel about it you know being about you know the universe the world that quiet place takes place Mm -hmm. in you know not necessarily you know continuing that family story in the first one but like you know you know some other part of the world like what's happening but again we don't know to what extent her role is it could be like a small cameo it could be i don't know so this report um is saying that blunt has been close to a deal to star in the film so underlying the word star yeah that tells me that they're going straight sequel now how do you feel about that i don't know i don't feel like that movie needs i i was more interested in the fact that it was going to be like almost anthology style where you know you have a different family dealing with different ways to survive in this kind of universe rather than you know following one family yes like how's this family you know dealing with that you know mm-hmm. how creative are they getting because the original family got really fucking creative and I think so. that opens up so much more for like even John Krasinski to come up with new ideas storytelling wise exactly. right yeah so and I felt like that's what he was saying with his original quote mm-hmm. so to see that Emily Blunt is you know coming back on board seems a little odd to me could she possibly be like playing a different role? I'm not sure. Would that be too weird for audiences? I, I feel like, especially if they're coming in after watching the first one, yes. You know, I mean, if they go, like, straight, like, anthology, though, I mean, they could have her, like, you know. I feel like audiences are getting more used to, like, 
anthologies, you know, now just with like shows like, you know, um, American Horror Story and everything like that. Mm. I think they would come around to it. It might be a little confusing at first, but if you explain enough and God knows there'll be plenty of press going into it, I think it could work. So I'm going to keep my fingers crossed that that's the route they're going to. Not saying that a story like, you know, following, you know, the mother and the daughter, you know, what's left of the family, you know, um, moving forward wouldn't be interesting. I just, I think I'd rather see them tell us a different story mm. at this point. So I, I like that it just kind of ended with that moment of her, like, you know, cocking the shotgun, you know, ready to go. Um, I kind of like that ending just kind of left out there, you know, not knowing necessarily, yeah. you know, what happened. So that was a solid ending. So I don't know. I don't know. We'll see what happens, though. Uh, Gremlins is getting its own animated series um, from Warner Media, and they're actually in production right now. So it's supposed to be a prequel um, following uh, Mr. Wing and, um, you know, him being a young man uh, coming across a, a Mugwai. So, okay. Uh, for cool. some reason, I just keep thinking of, like, um, early 2000s X-Men comics, not, um, animated series. Not the first one, but the, like, the sequels and uh, stuff uh, like that. Oh, where their ages were all weird. Yeah, for some, that's yeah. what this makes me think of for some reason. Why? <laughs> I don't know. It feels like a show that would have come out at that point. Okay. Fine. But I, 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 <laughs> I I'm, I'm judging it harshly too early. But I'm just... I didn't. Uh, you, you hated that series? I didn't hate it, but it definitely wasn't, you know, the original X-Men series. No. It was just so... <laughs> you know, as especially at that time, I was definitely more of a staunch, like, comic book fan at mm. that point, where I was just... It drove me nuts that their ages were so weird. Like, Cyclops and Jean were younger... And then, like, Logan and Storm were older, yeah. you know. <laughs> you know, they were kind of playing, like, the camp counselor role yes. and everything. It just, it was weird, you know. But it was it was entertaining. I didn't hate the show, necessarily. But anyway, we're talking about Gremlins. <laughs> so um, this doesn't affect anything that's going on with the uh, sequel okay. that, that's in the works right now. That's its own separate thing. So um, I'm surprised it's, you know, that it's taken this long for them to do anything with the franchise you know it's weird that they've all of a sudden like it's like they discovered that they had it they forgot about it or something like that someone who had rights passed away and i was just i don't know it just seems weird and maybe maybe it was some some kind of legal thing or something Mm. and they're like oh we've got this brand new toy this brand new old toy (laughs) so but they're finally going to start doing some gremlin shit and i'm on board i'm excited about it i love me some gremlins speaking of furry little creatures from the 80s that could kill you uh, Critters is getting its own series. I'm sure whatever it is, I, I can handle it. What the? What is Critters? Okay, so Critters <laughs> was this really cheesy B like horror movie that was lots of fun from the 80s um i believe there was there was two of them i don't think they did a three i could be wrong um but um they were fun you know pg-13 little furry monsters totally capitalizing on the gremlin craze and everything like that um they're they're from space they're being chased by these like bounty hunters um they land on earth and just cause like chaos so, um, some kind of bad puppets, like looking at the original trailer and everything like that. 
Um, but it sounds very gremlins. Very, very <laughs> much. Like gremlins, hijinks and everything. You know, just them screwing, screwing around in this, like, you know, suburb or something like that. You know, fucking things up. A good time, though. A fun yeah. watch. So, I mean, it's something that's, you know, definitely... Because I mean, there's tons of movies like that in the 80s. Of ghoulies, gremlins, you know, critters that came out all around the same time. But it's one of the more, like, memorable ones. So I was kind of excited that we had a trailer drop today on Thursday for a new Critter series that's going to be over on Shudder. I did not see this coming. I didn't really care much about mm-hmm. it. We've been reporting on tons of horror-like franchises getting <laughs> fucking series over every the last like, two. Every week, right? This one had a full trailer. So it's supposed to be dropping soon, too. Um, you know, uh, March twenty first. March twenty first. So it's been in production. It's done. It's in the can and ready to go. So it's called Critters: A New Binge. So um, yeah, it's not very tongue in the cheek. It's right on the nose. Mm-hmm. It's telling you what it wants you to do. Um, this was B movie goodness, though. Um, just from the acting style that they had going on, um, the effects and everything like was that. Was it self aware? Back. It felt like it was okay. going to be. I mean, you don't get tons from the trailer, but it definitely felt like it was going to go that route. Um, but it definitely played up with, like, whatever, you know, all the things that you love from the original and everything. Um, but it seems a little more graphic from what I, you know, r- remember the original mm-hmm. being. There was a scene in the sequel where, like, it, they take out, like, the Easter Bunny or something like that and, like, eat him alive, um, which was kind of you know, graphic, but I could also be doing it up in my mind more because I was a kid at the time when I saw it. Um, I do have it on my wall somewhere. I shouldn't rewatch it. But um, it, they're both PG-13. This, like, had, like, intestines flying and shit like that. Mm. So it was pretty graphic. Um, you know, I think that's one thing I didn't like about the original was that it was PG-13. Um, I wanted more gore, even at a young age. <laughs> so um, maybe this is going that route. Uh, but yeah, no, it, it it should be a good time. It looks like it's going to be a fun watch, and it's over on Shutter. So. Gotcha. Uh, speaking of trailers, we got a new uh, uh, Pokemon trailer. Ah, my clues! What is all this? Harry is still alive. Case closed, but still open until I solve it. All right, here it is. Harry faked his own death. Or... Somebody else faked Harry's death. Or Harry faked somebody else's death. That last one doesn't work no. at all. Yeah, this this hit the nostalgia button. Damn it. Uh, okay. I, I know um, you as a child did not watch the Pokemon movies. No, it would be uh, me as a twenty year old man. Twenty year old man. So yes. I was not down with Pokemon at the time. So I wouldn't have put it past me, but no, it was not my thing. No, those were like huge movies uh, as, as I was a kid. And the po- what they've shown in this trailer is a lot of those types of Pokemon. And it follows, um, they showed off Mewtwo, which was a major character from back then. Um, he was uh, a bit of like a crazy scientist experiment gone wrong, uh, going to t- pretty much destroy the world completely depressing scene where pretty much Pokemon are dying on screen. Wow. Yes. Um, well, that's traumatizing. Yeah. Right? Because you're watching this at, like, what age? Uh, like around seven, eight, nine. Wow. Yeah. Okay. 
So yeah, um, big things. But at the same time, watching this, this felt like a much better trailer mm-hmm. than the previous. And this feels like Ryan Reynolds went like full like in on this. He didn't you know half ass it or anything. Yeah, he's not just doing lines, mm-hmm. you know. Um, yeah, I. I thought it looked entertaining. I have no idea what the fuck's going on. <laughs> you know? So, okay. We kind of talked about this off mic. So this isn't Ash's Pikachu. I don't think it is, at least. People are speculating that it could be. Because he doesn't remember where he came from and or um, how he's able to talk. So, like, there's more than one Pikachu out there. Yes, like, in Pokemon, think of Pikachu as a race. Rather than, like... So he doesn't, like, I mean, does Ash's Pikachu have a name? No, it's just Pikachu. Well, that's really fucking shitty. (laughs) So, like, that would be like having, like, a dog as a pet and naming it Dog. Hmm. So Ash is an asshole. It was to sell toys, man. What? Why couldn't it give it, like, it wouldn't sell if it had a name? It was was probably easier to explain that this one is Pikachu, this one is Squirtle. That's some lazy bullshit, man. (laughs) I don't want to ruin your childhood, Christian, but Jesus Christ. I'm just saying. Name the fucking thing. (laughs) He's like, he's best friends with it. In the game, you can name all the Pokemon, so I don't know. I'm talking about the the fucking movie. I know. The the series, right? I mean, how many hours of that you you watched? I didn't watch that. Did it bother you? No, because I was a kid and I... Didn't care. Oh my god. Ash's Pikachu is Pikachu. Just think of it that way. Well, that's why I was confused. (laughs) I was like, wait, this isn't like, where's Ash? Who? Okay, so in the trailer, he finds the hat with the name in it. That's the only thing he has, Mm. the only clue he has. Who is that a character from like Pokemon lore? Oh, I have no idea. Okay, so that's just a random. That's just the main character's father. Okay. That's how it gets tied in. Okay, fine. So you feel like you're speculating, though, that this might actually be Ash's, like, Pikachu. Well, not me. I think it's just a random Pikachu. I'm hoping that it's that. I don't want it to be so... It's totally Ash's Pikachu. Come on, man. No one gives a shit about some random Pikachu. (laughs) It's gotta be Ash's. If you say so. I don't know. Oh, come on. I would boo. If I went to see that movie and it wasn't Ash's (laughs) Pikachu, then I would stand up and boo. I don't know. But Ash is an asshole for not naming that Pikachu. You can't convince me otherwise. What a dick move. Mm. What other uh, trailers did we get, David? <laughs> I'm ruining Christian's childhood. <laughs> Speaking of not ruining my childhood, we got the Dark Phoenix trailer. Why did you make me do that? Look at me. Focus on my voice. I'm not giving up on you, Jean. She was my friend. You're my family, Jean. Stop. No matter what. Stop. 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 Look. You're special, Jean. And if you stop fighting that force inside you, if you embrace it, He will possess the very power of a god. The second full Dark Phoenix trailer. Yes. I enjoyed this trailer. I enjoyed it to a point. It still felt very last standy to me. 
I don't know, man. They introduced space to us. They gave her like the I original feel like that's that's going to be. Phoenix like origin. Um, I I don't know. I pushed all the right buttons. This is the trailer they should have fucking led with, you yeah. know, instead of that you know piece of shit they gave us in the beginning that did nothing for us. That really did feel like Last Stand. Mm. And I mean, obviously, those scenes are still there unless they you know heard the outcry and they're like, okay, well, let's cut this shit and let's reshoot this and you know. Um, you know, cause this is one of the more expensive X-Men movies that they're doing. Um, I, I was excited. I, I thought this was just, I don't know. It was good storytelling for a trailer, if you will. Um, I liked that, you know, we kind of saw the origin. I think they heard people complaining. Yes. We're like, okay, we'll at least give these nerds space for a little bit. And it worked on me. I was like, okay, so they're going like kind of classic, you know, Phoenix origins. It's not just like her powers going awry. You know, it is a cosmic entity that she's being possessed by. Because the previous trailer completely alluded to, you know, Xavier saying, oh, she's had it since, like, birth and everything. Yes, yes. And it seems like that's, like, you know, and that's a thing in the comics where she doesn't have control of her powers as a young child, you Mm. know, with these insane powers. So, of course, you know, they're going to, you know, accidents are going to happen, you know, and that's why she ends up at the Academy because of that. Um, But... The fact that they didn't do, like, oh, Xavier's su- su- suppressing this, you know, other side of Gene mm-hmm. and this whole, like, you know. And honestly, like, I think they kind of did that with the Ultimate Universe Gene, and it worked to a certain point. But what they did in Last Stand did not work at all. So, I don't know. I was excited by that. I do feel like that, um, what's the actress's name playing the blonde uh, character? Um, it just comes up. Sophie Turner. Okay. No, no. That's that's Phoenix. Oh wait, who the, the blonde, the blonde. Oh, Jessica Chastain. Yeah, I feel like she's some alien character. Yeah, I feel like that's what's going to end up happening. I think they here. just want you to think that it's Emma Frost. Okay, yeah, with the blonde hair and mm-hmm. everything like that. Yeah, I definitely. Yeah, they're definitely trying to lead you down that route. So I feel like she must be someone from you know some alien race or something like that trying to control the Phoenix Force. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I don't know. This this did everything for me. It pushed the right buttons. Which I, if you listen to any of these shows, <laughs> any of our past episodes, yes, you have been. I've been crapping all over this movie. <laughs> um, I don't know. I I'm, I hope it's a it's a well done swan song for the X universe. Um, they obviously are telling you spoilers that Mystique is gonna die in this movie. Yes. You know, they basically gave us you know a good portion of the scene up front. I'm okay with that. I don't have a problem with it. I just no. I feel like she purposely wanted that to happen because she does not want to be a part of these movies. That's fine. She's done her due mm. diligence at this point, right? She's earned that, you know, way out. I just, I don't know. It gave me that whole Han Solo vibe where, you know, he doesn't want to be Han Solo anymore. Yeah, <laughs> I'm okay with it. You know, I'm She's okay. been phoning it in a little bit in the last few I don't. Do you think Harrison Ford phoned it in for Force Awakens? Let's fuck X-Men. Let's talk Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he phoned it in. No, but... I don't know. It wasn't the greatest, like... He, he didn't have much to do. He got them where they needed to go. He was yes, a great plot device. He, he was fine. To, he he got the nostalgia much. bug moving, man. I didn't need him in the film. Oh, I... Fuck that. I needed him in the film. And then he gives Kylo Ren his arc. He died... An honorable death. It was fine. 
Go screw yourself, Christian. <laughs> <laughs> hey, when they started making those films and they said they were bringing the original cast back, I was one of the first people that was like, no, I don't want that. I don't want anyone from the past. I want them to make something new. I was, I was with you. I agree. But I thought Harrison, I felt like Han Solo had a point in that movie. You know, the fact that... You know, it has a point. A, I'm just saying, he didn't, as an actor, did he have to act too much in that film? No, he's just Harrison Ford, but he never just, acts too much in any. He's always just Harrison Ford. He's at that so level what's like Jack, in for Harrison Jack Ford? Nicholson, where he's just exactly. himself, you know, as a different person. <laughs> you know, he could be the fugitive, but it's still Harrison fucking Ford, yes. you know. Um, you know, he's the same. Indiana Jones is really just Harrison, uh, Han Solo with a whip, right? Hmm. Come on, man. Give the guy a break. He's like 90 years old. He was going to die. Yes. Yes. Everyone knew he was going to die, though. Were people surprised that he was dead? Apparently. (coughs) Those people were just in the dark. You know, I mean, on purpose. They didn't want to know. They're in denial. So. Well, remember, Disney Star Wars is ruining everything. Oh, whatever. They can go fuck themselves. I hope the next movie makes billions and billions of dollars. I mean, it will. Yeah. Let's be honest. Um, speaking of asshole fans, how about all the shit that's happening with Captain Marvel? With Ron <laughs> Tomatoes? I, you know, but at this point, I feel like I'm not surprised. I feel like we're getting to that point in Marvel's, like, success mm-hmm. that people are going to start turning on purpose. Like, the trolls are going to come out even harder at this point. So, like, do you think it was just, like, misogynistic, like, assholes doing it? Or was it, like, DC fans? Like, what was the whole scenario? I think it was someone who knew the right buttons to push. Mm-hmm. And when they started pushing those buttons, then we got the misogynistic assholes and the DC fans behind it mm-hmm. to start trashing everything. So we had a group of trolls that thought, you know... Hey, what, what, what can we do to piss people off? Because they kind of did it with Black Panther also. Yes. And they did definitely did it with Last Jedi. I mean, it's a stupid thing to have on the site, like yeah. people able to give reviews for movies that haven't even been released. You know, it's one thing for critics to do it, you know, but like these fans haven't seen anything. So it doesn't even make sense mm-hmm. to exist. It should be an option on the site. And they got rid of it because of it, which I'm, I think that's good. You know, just once the movie's released, fine. You gotta do your reviews. But before, I mean, it's just you fucking, you know, airing your grievances. Yes. So it, it was just ridiculous. I don't know. What a bunch of assholes, though, huh? <laughs> I guess she said something in the press, too, about like needing more like representation and like, you know, journalist wise. Um, you know, instead of just a bunch of like white males like asking questions, she wants to see more diversity. You know, how outlandish for her to say. <laughs> You know, I mean, I can't believe that that something like that would like stir up that much hate. It's ridiculous. What the fuck's wrong with people? It's just the world we live in right now. Uh, we'll move it on. Yes. I hate people. So, <laughs> you know what I don't hate, Christian? The Umbrella Academy. Yes, we have some Netflix. Yes. Show to review. We actually we're little. gonna we're gonna review the first half yes. of Umbrella Academy. Um, do you want to lead off, Christian? 
Uh, sure, we have a disbanded group of superheroes reunites after their adoptive father who trained them to save the world dies. So for me, this was like Wes Anderson meets the X-Men. Like the whole style of the show and everything and just, you know, the whole setup. I really enjoyed. I thought it was fresh. I thought it was stylish. Um, just the way it was shot. Um, everything on, you know, every every scene, something interesting was happening. Um, I thought they really brought something new to the table when it came to, like, you know, the whole, like, superhero TV genre, if you will. Because I do feel like it's a, a separate genre at this point with all the DC, you know, shows and the Marvel Netflix shows. Mm. Um, you know, it's, I don't know. I like that they took it seriously, um, and they really, I mean, it felt cinematic, because um, a lot of those shows, yeah, the Netflix shows were great, but there was definitely times where you could see that they were kind of, you know, they were, I don't know, budgetly, you know, restrained, yes. because, you know, they didn't have a huge budget, especially with the DC shows, you definitely can, you know, see that and feel that. Where, you know, you know they had Netflix money, so they went all aboard on this, and they really, you know... You know, I think this is something that they wanted to there. show out, especially while um, they're releasing all of their the, <laughs> Defenders yes, characters. Yes, a big middle finger to Marvel, maybe. Yes. Um, you know, um, But this, I mean, I thought it was a great story, you know, what we've seen mm -hmm. so far with it. Um, I love, you know, the dysfunction of this weird ragtag family, um, you know, put together by this crazy billionaire um, to help save the world. Um, you know, I, I feel like this, the dysfunction really is the true story, mm -hmm. you know, not so much, you know, basically the, the crisis that's going on, you know, that they're, you know, they're, they're facing right now. Um, you know, just so many interesting characters on screen. I agree. I think the, you know, the dysfunction is more the meat of the story, whereas the mystery of what the fuck is actually happening, mm -hmm. you know, is... What keeps you like intrigued? What's going to happen next? And See, I feel like it's almost secondary, and I haven't really like cared so much about it and everything. Like, not saying that it's not well done. Mm. I just want to see the characters interact more. You know, um, like I like the different combinations mm. and everything like that of the you know these different characters and everything because they're all so different from each other. Um, Ellen Page is great in her role, and she always is. Mm. She's definitely playing Ellen Page though. <laughs> You know, it feels like, you know, every character that she plays, you know, she's always Kitty Pride to me, you know? So, um, I just, I, you know, I'm enjoying it. I, I was happy. I didn't even know she was in the show until, like, you know, oh, right. I actually, like, started watching the show. Because it was very much like, oh, Umbrella Academy, okay, whatever. And I was getting this confused with another show that's coming out, I think is going on right now. Um, with another school, group of school kids and everything like that. It's not on Netflix, though. Oh, okay. I can't think of the name sure. of it. I think, what's his name from um, Doctor Strange is in it? Wong is like the the counselor or something like that. I don't know. You're throwing me more and more off the board. Yeah, no, no. So I had no <laughs> idea. I was getting the shows mixed mm. up. So I was I was super excited to see Ellen Page. Um, but the kid who's playing number five, Aiden Gallagher. Mm-hmm. I think he steals the whole fucking show. <laughs> I really do. I do. I love every moment he's on screen. So yeah, I have an issue. I mean, what a performance! I mean, the guy. What is he like? Fifteen years old, mm -hmm. and he's playing. You know, 
what it was like 50 he'd be like 50 years yeah, old he was or something like 48 that. year old that's gone back in uh time at this point he's this character who has these powers who you know can jump into the future he jumps in the future he gets stuck there um he's a young kid when he jumps into the future he somehow makes his way back but he's stuck in his younger body so he's this you know 50 year old man stuck in a 15 year old's body mm. Um, so it's an interesting dynamic, you know, to, you know, so he's speaking very maturely and, you know, um, you know, very matter of factly, but he's still this kid, but it's a very like nuanced performance by him. Well, he also has to play this character kind of similar to, um, Tom Hanks and Wilson with, uh, you know, him, his isolation being alone in the future. Yes. Now he has to deal with a lot that's going on with his mind while also interacting with everyone around him. Yes. Back he, in the past. At first he's originally talking about this relationship that he has in the future and mm. everything like that. But at first we're, we're seeing him and it's like, everyone's dead. You know, he's, he's actually coming back to try to save, you know, the future. Um, and we're thinking that he had some great relationship and everything like that. And then he like breaks into like a department store. He's confessing his love to this mannequin. You know, telling it how much he's missed yes. it. So, um, you know. Good old Dolores. Yes. <laughs> um, I mean, if I were to be more critical of the show, I think the pacing is incredibly slow. Really? Yes. See, I don't know. I Maybe I'm just so into it right now that the pacing doesn't bother me. And I like everything that's happening on screen. Um, and I was going to actually... I When we do get action sequences, I think they're so well done that like I'm waiting for more like I'm mm. excited anticipating more because the action that they've shot is so fluid and so well done you know for a series yes you know very cinematic like I was saying before and just you know just very fluid where you could see everything that's happening so I think the and best example of that is the dining um, the diner diner scene yes where he goes completely um, n- number five goes completely yes. badass and shows everyone what he can do. Um, he's being hunted by, I don't know how to describe them. Some like it's still not fully explained. Yes, yes, Especially we're only halfway through, season. and we will come back and review mm-hmm. the second half of the series. But we know it takes us a while to watch these series, so we want to at least get you know partial review up there, um, you know, and we can compare like how we feel now to you know how we feel yes. later on. So if this carries over. But yeah, um, Mary J. Blige is one of the time cops. I don't know what to call them. They're like bounty hunters from the future. Yeah, but do you know what blows me away about that? Mm. We just found out not to. I mean, I was, I was just talking with my girlfriend. I was saying, you know, the reason she's wearing a mask is because she can't do these stunts. And mm. then she puts out a report, or there was at least an interview, and I don't know how credible the source was, but she said that the only reason she'll take, the only way she'll take this role is if she does her own stunts. Really. And I'm like, I don't see it. Because there's, there's definitely a moment where you see this character having fist fights. And it's like yeah. fully choreographed. She's like an adrenaline junkie? What's know. the reason for that? But I couldn't imagine her doing her own stunts. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's fun stuff, though. Because mm. like, I enjoy both of it. Because it's what, Cha-Cha and Hazel or something yes. like that, right? Um, they've got a fun dynamic between those two and everything. Like just partners trying to get a job done. They've been sent back to kill the kid. Um, you know, and they keep on, they hate whoever they're working for. Mm-hmm. They keep on, keep on getting dock pays the longer it takes them to hunt him down. 
um, you know, just, you know, fun stuff where you're interested in their characters. They're not just like, you know, yeah. one dimensional. Um, so I don't know. Uh, speaking of being cinematic, what they, the effects on Pogo, mm-hmm. really fucking well done, man. Like they're really good effects. For just something that's on as a TV series. Yes. Yes. Like it feels like it'd be from like Planet of the Apes or something like that. Like, and he has a lot of screen time. Um, you know, I love everything with mother and everything. Just the whole family dynamic. It's it's so interesting, you know, to me, like how it's working. You have these siblings who aren't really siblings. They're all just born on the same day at the same time. Um, you know, which that was a to, great way to start the show. By yes, the way. yes. There's lots of exposition in the first show, but it was all super entertaining. You know, um, and well put together. Where it hooked you right away, because it was it was definitely one o'clock in the morning when I started watching it, and after it was done, uh, I had to watch episode two. Like I couldn't like stop. I had to know what was going to happen mm-hmm. next. So, and that's what that's the sign of a good series right there, where you just can't <laughs> stop watching. You know, so I mean, I'll definitely be losing sleep until I finish the series. I think it's ten episodes. You know, mm. which for me is like the sweet you know mark for you know a Netflix series. You know, ten's always like I feel like the perfect number of episodes, um, but you know we'll find out shortly, right? Yes. Um, but yeah, no, I just just a fun series so far, really. Like I said, fresh, different. Um, this is by Gerard Way, who is the lead singer of My Chemical Ro- Romance, yes. um, a band I actually enjoy. Um, but I I knew of the comic book from back in the day. I never read it. I always heard good things. So I wasn't surprised that, you know, this became a series at all. And they're in heavy talks to do a second season. Oh, I'm sure. Because it's getting lots of great Mm -hmm. buzz right now. So, um, but yeah, no. Also, uh, the character uh, Klaus, you know, another, Mm -hmm. you know, scene stiller. Like him and number five, every scene they just own, you know, really. So, um, but yeah, no, just so far, awesome, man. Just great series. I think so. there's an interview scene that you haven't gotten to yet that's amazing with Klaus. Really? Yes. <laughs> yeah. And like, but and that's not, you know, saying that they're stealing each scene. That's not saying anything against the other actors because mm. they're all great performances. They're just you know different than what they're doing on the screen. And everything like all the little mysteries that they're kind of setting up. Like I'm intrigued by. Yes. You know, it's just good storytelling. So. So I'll definitely say this is something to watch. Yes, definitely watch it. We'll give it a full rating and yeah. review, you know, once we finish it. But we, we, we're both excited about it, so we wanted to at least get something out there yeah. right now. So And eventually we'll get to Punisher. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's still depressing. I'm like I'm one episode in, I was just, you know, I don't know, pouting through the entire thing. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. There, I guess uh, there was a billboard that went up in Times Square that said "Save uh, Daredevil." Hmm. So we'll see if uh, that was actually put up by Marvel or you know what the deal is. If that's like a fan thing. Eminem of all people came out saying that they messed up with Punisher, not having it as a continuation. Well, he show. did some weird like crossover in the comics with Punisher, too. Oh, from a, a, I don't know if it was a couple of years ago. Yeah, maybe? it was a couple of years ago. Yeah, so he's a big Punisher mm. fan. So and apparently he liked the series. So yeah, whatever. <laughs> Fuck Netflix. <laughs> don't watch the show. No, no, watch the show. Yes. <laughs> you know, more comic book shit out there, the better. So 
and there's so many great you know comic books out there that's not done by the big two mm-hmm. um and this shows you you know the sky's the limit you know this genre is not going anywhere anytime soon so i think it would be interesting to see while dc does have vertigo to see dc send vertical products um, to netflix I don't know how that would work. I'm sure Warner Brothers would, you know, say no. <laughs> <laughs> yes, because of their own streaming. Yes, yes. So, I mean, it would be, I would love to see what Netflix would mm-hmm. do with their production value and everything like that. If they really put some money and time into it, yeah. Because those give are the some, type of stories I want to see Netflix work with. Yes, give me Sandman. Exactly. Hell yeah, that'd be great. But <laughs> I don't think that's happening. I don't think Warner Brothers is going to be leasing no. shit out anytime soon, you know. Especially when they know what they can do with it. Well, they're being successful. Um, one of the things that we didn't talk about was, um, you know, uh, Titans did very well. Yes. And Doom Patrol is getting fucking huge reviews. Really? Yes. And that show, I, I was literally, I could tell you right now, watching that first trailer, I was like, this looks like garbage. Yeah, that was how I felt too. <laughs> but people are raving behind it. So I'm, I'm very surprised by both of those and I, maybe I'll have to check it out at some point but yeah alright so critically it's doing well and yeah. everything people are enjoying it alright I still have not gotten the DC service yet mm. um, I need some more content I think at this point but maybe Doom's you know Doom Patrol maybe that will be you know the show that does it for me you know if I hear enough good things because Titans like you said Titans was getting a good buzz mm. you know and we were shitting all over that after that yes. first trailer but <laughs> You know, apparently, it w- yes. <laughs> <laughs> apparently, it was well done, though. You know, who knows? Fuck Batman, I guess. <laughs> Whatever. Um, but yeah. Well, speaking of comics, let's review some. So this week we had um, Avengers: No Road Home, issue number three. Uh, this follows Rocket Raccoon comes face to face with his past and isn't pretty. Meanwhile, the Avengers search the universe for the Shards of Nights and find trouble in the shape of the Children of Nyx. How'd you feel about this book, Dina? That was okay. I enjoyed the last issue more. Um, I am intrigued by the villain. Mm -hmm. Um, I think Nyx is pretty badass. Um, But... This was definitely kind of, you know, I don't know, a middle chapter. Yes. Um, that I mean, it's a 12-issue arc, so, I mean, that's not saying much. You're going to have books like this in between. I did like our visit to the Nightmare Realm. I like that opening scene with, you know, Clint, um, you know, in the hospital, not knowing what's going on, mm-hmm. filled with tons of doubts and everything, um, and then realizing that he was missing a couple fingers, it looked like. So, um this story, and especially the last issue, has been following Clint a lot. Um, yes. And just him, just, I mean, really dealing with some serious, like, confidence issues, well, which you don't <laughs> see much from Clint. Well, I was assuming that it was Nix's powers affecting him. Well, it definitely was in the, the second issue, um, but it carries over here. You know, I mean, he's in the nightmare realm, but it's it's got to be in the forefront, you know, of his you know mind. And the fact that he kind of let off that second issue with the narrative, kind of explaining what he does and who he is, and then you kind of see him getting corrupted, you know, halfway through. 
I still think that's going to be a theme throughout the story. So I could be wrong, but um, I feel like they're going to be really exploring like what makes Hawkeye tick. So that's fine with me. You know, you know, it's. I mean, he is a man with a bow and arrow standing amongst gods. Mm. So I think it's an interesting tell, you know, and. Yeah, we get, every so often we get, you know, a story like that, you know, kind of exploring that aspect of Hawkeye. But I don't know. I'm cool with, you know, especially where he's literally going up against gods. Um, I think it would be fun, a fun story. So, um, but I don't know. I It was okay. It was an okay story overall. I'm still invested in it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm curious to see where it goes. Um, I like the writing style that we're seeing so far. It's kind of following, you know, I don't know, the same, you know, style choices that they did in the original series with No Surrender, where it seems like we're getting a different narrator for each chapter of the book, if you will. Mm. Like this was more kind of on Rocket, um, this story, you know, where we're hearing, you know, his thoughts and he was kind of our eyes in this one. So I don't know. I don't know. But it was definitely more of kind of a middle issue. Yes. Oh, absolutely. You know, so we're just basically catching up where the shards are. And, you know, they, the Avengers have been kind of, like, torn apart, like, in our in hmm. different areas of the universe. I think they're... I just feel like they're just doing that. It feels kind of a middle issue because they can do week for week. Yes. Know? Yes. I mean, it's a storytelling, you know, choice that they made because they know that they've got ten issues mm. to tell the story. So, I mean, why not? you know, really kind of flush out, you know, these characters and these different scenarios. I'm fine with that. I will say, so far, this feels a lot like Justice League Dark for me. Okay. Where it's it's very interesting and intriguing, but I don't know if I'm going to care by the end. And if anything is going to truly matter. Yes. It doesn't feel like it's, like, especially since it's not affecting their entire world all that much. Like, as as far as I'm aware of the story, because I, I read all three issues. <laughs> just all together. all together yeah yes um what i'm understanding the story is this this isn't like no surrender where it's you know the world's been frozen and everyone is being affected all at once it's you know it's one team going out well the world's in darkness right now though okay the sun has been completely just disappeared so the world's you know in the state of night so that so the world is being affected i don't know how much how come all but, other heroes aren't helping them or anything? Well, Voyager came and started grabbing mm. heroes, but then Hercules found out about what happened in Mount Olympus, and he made forced her to go there quickly before she could grab more. So, you know, it's more of Hercules kind of like, you know, my family's in trouble. Let's go. So that that's why, you know. Okay. So, um <coughs> And maybe more of heroes will eventually get involved, but they have no idea. They're literally in the dark. Yes. <laughs> um, what the hell's happening right now? So. So but, I'm intrigued, but I'm you know, I can live. Yeah, it's just okay. So far, it's yeah. just okay. I agree with that. So, um, I love everything with the Hulk, though. Yes, I did love when he was about to like pretty much kill. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and it wasn't just Clint's nightmare. He was there, you know, in his <laughs> dreams. <laughs> Pretty awesome. So makes me want to pick up the Hulk book. It really does. So, um, but yeah, no. So moving on, we have 
Wolverine Infinity Watch, number one. And this came out last week, but we didn't review it, so we're going to review it now. Because um, we can do that because it's our show. Um, revealed at last how Wolverine got the Infinity Stone. Wolverine has finally returned um, from the evil clutches of so Soteria? I don't think we knew how to say it in his book either. Okay. Soteria? I don't know. Whatever. But hang on. Didn't he have an Infinity uh, Stone? How did that happen? And wasn't he popping up all over the place for a little while? The answers you seek are finally revealed as Logan goes cosmic alongside everyone's favorite god of lies and stories, Loki. I, why? <laughs> <laughs> so, I feel like they got to Marvel Legacy. Yes. And they're like, what would get people talking the most? Wolverine showing back up alive with an Infinity Stone. Right? Alright, and then next day... Great hook. Mm -hmm. And then they all sat there and stared at each other (laughs) when someone said, but what happens next? (laughs) Because it feels like they're just writing to that scene Mm -hmm. and trying to figure out like how to piece this story together and draw it out as much as they possibly can. Yes. So we have... Logan, basically, you know, start this book, basically start where um, Return of Wolverine ends, yes. you know, at the doorstep of Xavier's mansion, you know, knocking on the door, Jean Grey opens the door, they have this big embrace, um, they're reunited at last, and then Wolverine stabs her in the side, because, of course, it's Loki fucking with them. Um, Loki starts to yell at him about, you know, what the hell, you know, last time we met, you screwed me over, where's the Infinity Stone, blah, blah, blah. Loki's gone through all the events that happened in Infinity Wars, and Logan has no idea what the hell he's talking about. Mm -hmm. Q, Phoenix Wolverine shows up. Out of the blue. Out of the blue. You know, um, you know, he's phoenix and wolverine so he can do that i guess whatever um and he also has the infinity gauntlet with him right Mm. um and he explains that he i guess was living in a past where loki did get his hands on the infinity gems and you know decided that he had to fix it so he went back in time and reset things gave gave himself a stone and you know i don't know blah 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 yeah (laughs) So now, I mean, I don't need this book. <sighs> I don't. I don't need this explanation. I. What they did in Infinity Wars was, you know, damage enough. I. I, I don't know. I don't. I don't need this story. I'm curious to see how they get out of this. Just like you know, we're, they get out of it by because I felt just like they wrote themselves into like a complete corner. It's now I want to see if they can write themselves out of the corner. <laughs> But we know everything that happens here mm-hmm. doesn't really matter because we know where we end up with Uncanny X-Men right now. You know, where you have Wolverine running around with Cyclops mm-hmm. trying to kind of avenge, you know, all the X-Men who, you know, we've lost and everything and try to, you know, keep his species from, you know, going extinct. So um, does this book really matter in the long run? No, probably not. 
I mean, is it going to tie into another Infinity War story that's going to happen soon? Yeah, it is, unfortunately. Um, do I hope that story ends up being good? Yeah, I do. Um, am I going to read it? Probably not. I'll probably wait to hear how other people feel about it and then pick it up. You know, podcast mm. be damned because I'm exhausted at this point. You know, between Infinity Wars and all the return of Wolverine books that we've had to deal with, the hunt for Wolverine, all that shit. I'm done. Because if you figure, like, math-wise, that's at least 20-some issues, mm-hmm. you know, that we've read for just complete indifference. Because I'm indifferent at this point. I mean, I feel like you... Do you think they're going to rewrite the whole fucking uh, humans having infinity powers within them? Or beings, I should say. I don't know. I don't know. So yeah, we find out, right, that humans have some of the stones in them. So they're trying to hunt down these humans who have the stones. Um, We have, I can't remember, the Nova villain. Warbringer. Warbringer show up. um, Which I did like Warbringer's moment when he shows up and he's... I just could care less about that character, so I wish it was a different villain. But, you know, it makes sense. You know, he finds out that the Time Stone is, you know, in some inmate's possession. He's on, like, um, he's on death row. So, but he uses it to escape, basically. Mm -hmm. Um, And then Warbringer happens to, like, have, he's got Ryder with him, Nova, um, the original Nova with him. And, you know, he's trying to, like, get him to talk, like, where the stone is. And they happen to be in front of TV sets that's, you know, got a report about this inmate using, you know, freezing time, you know, of course. Mm -hmm. So, um, whatever. (laughs) I might pick up the second issue just to see what the hell happens, but, yeah. I I feel like we know what the story is. It's just going to be them trying to protect those who have the powers within them and... I'm exhausted, Christian. I'm exhausted at this point with this. So, I don't know, man. I don't know. So, pretty disappointing. Yes. Pretty disappointing. Awesome cover, though. <laughs> with uh, Wolverine's claws popping yes. through the gauntlet. Pretty badass. But, yeah, it's all. It's just a cover. You know, kind of like, you know, Legacy. <laughs> you know, all but show, no go. Legacy has so much fucking promise. We did so much speculating. <sighs> Like Overall, kind of, though, I will say Marvel's in a better place than it was before Legacy. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we've gotten good things out of it. It's just not those stories that we had in that book, you know? So, I don't know. Just, I mean, God, I mean, like I said, it was a year and a half of stories. So, that's a lot of time to invest mm-hmm. in some shitty storytelling. So... I mean, they, and I enjoyed the first like couple issues of Infinity Wars. I enjoyed, and that just went down the shitter quickly, you know. So they've got a lot of redeeming for me to really like, you know, get invested in the story again. Into the black void of creation. <laughs> That's where that story went. Oh, uh, all right. Well, moving on. Uh, we have Heroes in Crisis over on the DC side. Get a deeper look into the inner workings of Sanctuary. When heroes visited the facility, they relived their trauma through virtual reality, contending with the events that brought them there in the hope of reaching a meaningful resolution. That is, until the trauma took over and escalated those personal events into a full-blown crisis. Um, 
I still really am enjoying this book. But this was very much a middle issue for, for me at least, for this. I feel like we've already had that kind of emotional story from Wally West, and this this issue definitely focuses a lot on Wally West's past and dealing with you know losing the family, and then also being here and trying to now cope with the fact that this other reality happened where he lost all this, and now he's a hero in this reality. It's, it's still a fight. It's a phenomenal story. I'm just I'm it's ready really to move forward. Man. It really is. <laughs> I ate it up. I'm not gonna lie. I enjoyed it. Um, you know, um, it really adds to the mystery too because I feel like Wally's the center hmm. of everything that's happening now because they keep on going back to Wally. Um, you know, you have other characters sprinkled in, but it seems to be centering a lot around Wally. So um, I still have no clue where we're going. Um, we saw the other side of the situation yes. from Harley Quinn's perspective. I loved all the interactions between like her and Poison and Ivy and just like them building on that relationship. And it kind of explained why Harley was there that day and everything. Um, you know, so we saw, you know, the scenario through Harley Quinn's eyes. Booster Gold is the one who, you know, killed all these heroes. Um, so, you know, there's a big scene where, you know, she's like standing there with, you know, or she walks in on Wally getting, you know, struck down by Booster. So um, it kind of makes sense now. Everything that happens in that first issue, why there's so much confusion. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I, I have a feeling there's a nice middle scene there that we didn't see where, you know, I don't know. It definitely revolves around Wally. So, but um, that being said, I like I felt like all you know once again everything you know in the sessions and everything you know were on point. Um, I don't even know who the hell that caveman character is. <laughs> Gronk, Gronk. Yeah, I, I didn't know anything about him either, and he was but still fucking riveting story. character, exactly. right? So I was like, this is great. <laughs> you know, we're really like following some like C, you know, grade you know, heroes and villains, you know, from mm. the DC universe. But King is finding a way to making them all interesting. All their stories matter. So, um, you know, I, I, I have no clue where we're going, though, which I love at this point. You know, I just hope they don't, it doesn't, like, wrap up, you know, too quickly. Mm. So, because I feel like there's a lot of story to be told now. Because um, we still, the issue before last, right, we kind of had the confrontation where they with Harley finds Booster. Yes. Right? So we don't even know what's gonna happen, you know, there yet. So and I feel like we only have like two issues left, two or three issues left. Yeah. At this point. Is it an eight issue run? I think it's so? eight issues. I could be wrong. So so I, I mean they've got a lot of story left. Mm. So let's see if they can do it in two issues. But I trust King. <laughs> He's doing a phenomenal job. Like it's it is heart wrenching, everything the wall is through. And is. watching him trying to like like, just his stoic face when he's hugging all the heroes. Yes, everyone's so happy to see him, mm. but, you know, he just suffered this great loss. His whole family's gone. So, you know, he's trying to put on the brave face, mm. but obviously he's cracking. So, But I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be surprised if you're right there. You know, uh, they, kept, they kept mentioning, you know, you're the missing piece, mm -hmm. your hope. You know, I mean, that, that could just be them as a story element trying to tell us 
this is where it's going. Yes, yes. So, um, you know, and we'll see where this goes, mm -hmm. bigger picture-wise, for the whole DC universe, you know. Um, we're supposed to be getting um, a better idea of everything that happens um, with uh, Rebirth yes. in uh, Doomsday Clock, um, I believe in May? Issue in May. Oh, not, okay. not this next issue. There's actually going to be two issues coming out this uh, next month, which is crazy. Because um, it usually takes us four months yes. to get two issues. But uh, yeah, I guess in May we're going to get some answers finally about Rebirth. So... It's about fucking time, but I'm not bored yet, you know, so that's saying a lot for, you know, what DC's done, you know, unlike everything with Marvel Legacy, you know, I feel like they've actually done this story well, so. Um, I mean, we're not the happiest campers about Justice League. No, I mean, forget Justice League, you know, but yes, everything that they've done with, you know, a lot of rebirth and, you know, crisis mm -hmm. You know, and you know everything else. I feel like it's been well done storytelling wise. Yes. You know, especially Doomsday Clock. I've just jinxed that book. It's gonna be awful. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, whatever. All right, moving on. We have the Superior Spider-Man number three, outpowered and outclassed by Tarox. Octo Octavius somehow turns himself into a cosmically powered Superior Spider-Man. This may not be enough to defeat Tarax, but even if it is, is the world ready for an auto with this level of power? I think it's a fun book. Yeah. Um, I, I totally saw the ending coming the way it did, but... Oh, with Anna keeping the yes. um, harness? Yeah. Mm. I like the whole idea of Anna being kind of like his cue. You know, where she's going to be kind of keeping an eye on him, but helping him out and everything. It definitely was predictable and everything. Um, and we know that that harness is going to end up, you know, causing a lot of problems, you know, either relationship-wise or, you know, someone's going to get their hands on that harness who shouldn't. Mm. So um, basically he's able to defeat Terex by, like, absorbing a certain amount of his power into this harness and then using it for himself. Um, he eventually defeats him. Um, but then, you know, just trying to get rid of the harness, Anna makes him believe that Alpha Flight has taken it. Um, he wakes up on, um, I can't remember the name of the facility, but he wakes up in yeah. the facility in a hospital bed. Um, she basically tells him that, you know, that, you know, there is no relationship between them, but she's going to keep an eye on him now. You know, that she got the word from Peter that, you know, he's definitely, you know, worth, you know, um, trusting yes so and that you know after seeing everything he goes through to defeat Tarax, you know she believes that too so but at the same time she doesn't fucking trust him because he's dr octopus you know um i know i like what it's set up so um we'll see where it goes from here though yeah I mean, it was it was a super short easy read um, i like that it takes place in san francisco because you don't have like you know, all these hmm. other heroes coming about, you know, it's kind of its own like contained story. Yeah. You know, so many of the Marvel books take place in New York, so you're not going to have tons of crossovers happening. No, you're expanding into the West Coast. Yes, yes. You know, maybe he'll, you know, happen upon your favorite, you know, team of Avengers. Mm -hmm. So, um, I hope not, though. <laughs> <laughs> I said I was going to give the book a second chance. Is it on a new arc? 
We're talking about the West Coast Avengers right now. Yes, uh, I think I am a book behind, but they are dealing with um, kind of like this West Coast um, Legion of Doom type team at the moment. Okay, that doesn't sound horrible. No. Are they really cheesy, though? Is Brodox part of it? Modok is a part of it, oh. but he's not in charge. Okay, but he's not Brodox anymore. No, no, okay. he's, he was turned back to Modok. Okay, well, thank goodness. Um, I enjoyed what Kelly Thompson did with Captain Marvel. Yes. You know, what she's doing so far with the books. So I'm willing to give the West Coast Avengers a second shot. You know, so they can all see, sleep soundly tonight, I guess. <laughs> well, pick up from issue six. Issue six? Okay. Yes. I will do that. Maybe we'll talk it next uh, show. Maybe. Or maybe we won't. <laughs> but that's gonna do it for comics. Yes. On to some fucking wrestling. Woo! Plug yourselves in for the podcast Wrestling Society. I'm your host, Troy Adams, and along with my good buddies Greg and Kyle, we bring you Wrestling Wednesday every single week at the PWS, covering the funniest and most historic stuff from wrestling past and present. And unlike any other wrestling podcast, we cover mixed martial arts as well. You can listen to us on any of your favorite podcast sources. We also post exclusive content like WWE Network watch-alongs, show predictions, and other stuff on YouTube. We've got listeners from all over the world, and you could be next. Give us a listen and join the society. Get ready. Woo. We are tour, and we're doing it better than anybody else alive. Now, Buddy Landell, it's so hard for me to sit back here in this studio looking at a guy out here hollering my name when last year I spent more money on spilled liquor in bars from one side of this world to the other than you made. You're talking to the Rolex wearing, diamond ring wearing, kiss stealing, woo, wheeling dealing, limousine riding, jet flying, son of a gun, and I'm having a hard time holding these alligators down. Woo! Christian, are you going to go to Double or Nothing this year? I would if I could, but I think it's sold out. Well, Christian, for your hard-to-find tickets at a damn good price, you got to go ahead and check out SeatGiant.com, man. SeatGiant.com? That's right. Get all your hottest tickets to all your major sporting events and concerts. Don't just buy tickets. Buy experience over at SeatGiant.com. Man, you know another event I want to experience this year? WrestleMania. That's probably the best opportunity right there. Well, right now, if you go to SeatGiant.com, you can go ahead and type in promo code NERDSHOW and receive additional savings on top of their already awesome deals, man. That's right. SeatGiant.com, promo code NERDSHOW, and save. So, Christian, man, it was crazy. I actually enjoyed both shows this week, <laughs> Raw and SmackDown. They actually sounded like they were fucking enjoyable. Yeah, yeah. Crazy, right? Crazy. <laughs> I don't remember the last time I enjoyed both shows. So, I mean, starting off with Raw, you probably had the feel-good moment of the year so far. Roman came back, announced that, you know, he's cleared to wrestle mm. again, that he's in full recovery. Um, you know, just awesome, awesome news. So... I expected a recovery, but I didn't expect, you know, fully cleared to go yeah, off yeah. the bat. I mean, he got physical on the show and everything. So, I mean, he's ready to go. Seems like they're going to try to insert him somewhere, you know, in WrestleMania. I don't know how or where. It should be interesting, though. Um, I don't think they'll shake up any of the main events or anything like that. Um, but, 
you know, he's good to go. So it was a good moment, though. It really was. So it's, it's nice to have him back. So, um, but then, you know, moving on, you know, we had the NXT guys come out. Um, they went over again, which is usually fantastic news, especially mm-hmm. if you're, you know, a call up from NXT, because that doesn't always happen when you're debuting on the main roster. But unfortunately, they beat the Revival again. This time it was Aleister Black um, and Ricochet. Yes. So doing the honors. Um, they have a lot of other tag teams. So I don't understand why they're just putting, you know, the NXT guys over on the Revival. You know, that's the only upsetting part of this story. Mm. <laughs> um, I guess maybe it's like to show like, you know, like they're this caliber of wrestler that they're going over their top tag team. But it's just the Revival just won those belts. So it's a little upsetting. It's a bad call. Yeah. Yeah. It was a good match, that being said. Um, But yeah, no, a little disappointing. You know, it it makes me question are you really invested in the revival Mm -hmm. if you're doing this? So uh, I I have no idea how they're going to be booking these NXT guys, you know, on the road to WrestleMania. I don't know what their angle or involvement is going to be for WrestleMania. So. I'm really curious to see where they go with everything. Um, it sounds like uh, Champa is injured right now. Yes, and my first thought was, oh, maybe Champa and Gargano would have a tag team match against someone at WrestleMania. Yeah, but, yeah, I don't know, and that, that's what they've been competing as in tag, you know, matches and everything like that. So that's what it felt like they were going towards, maybe, but. Now that Champa might possibly be out, and we don't know how mm-hmm. long or whatever, but I don't know. I'm not sure where they go. And they have the Dusty Rhodes Classic happening over on NXT, mm-hmm. so I don't know how this is going to affect that. But, you know, I don't know, man. It's 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 just horrible timing. You know, I feel awful for the guy. So hopefully he's cleared to wrestle sooner than later, mm-hmm. though. So um, Probably my biggest down on the whole show, like the one thing that I enjoyed the least on the whole show, um, besides anything with Baron Corbin and Bobby Lashley or um, fucking uh, Drew McIntyre right now, was uh, the moment of bliss. I hate the way they're booking Alexa Bliss right now. She's driving me crazy because apparently she's not a wrestler anymore, it seems like. You know, she's had a couple matches since she's been Mm. back. But she keeps on doing the whole, you know, interview segment, and that's fine and everything. But every time that they have her out there, she's just, you know, acting like this, you know, giant flirt. And I don't know if she's supposed to be, like, you know, sexing up Raw or something like that. That's kind of, like, the role that they, they put her in for some reason. But she's, like, doing the character no favors. If you compare where she was, like, yeah. last year at this time, Absolutely. compared to now, now she's just sitting on stage flirting with Finn Balor. Do you think they're just, like, scared because of her injuries? <laughs> or I don't know. I don't know if she's not fully recovered or, you know, they feel like they need to bring back you know that kind of sex appeal to the show for some reason um you know to boost ratings um it's just for me it's not working Mm -hmm. i don't know if it's working for anyone but she had this awful line this week where she's like trying to like you know get finn to show his abs he's got the belt on or something like that and she she starts to say if you show me your abs i'll show you my and then leo rush you know interrupts i was like come on man she deserves better than that Mm -hmm. You know, don't make her seem like that. That just seems awful. You know, that's some really bad, like, cheesy 
attitude era kind of crap going on. You know, like you know, you're one step away from a pudding match. Yeah, but it doesn't like feel that. like her character. No, either. it doesn't. Not at all. Not at all. Like I said, that's that cheesy fucking attitude mm-hmm. era pillow fights, jello wrestling shit that we don't need. We're like we're we're past that. I feel like yeah, so. We're apparently, apparently the old man isn't. <laughs> So, um, but yeah, I have no idea what the hell's going on with Dean, but I like it for some reason. Um, he's just seems like he's doing his own thing. Um, he's a face and there's no denying that. I don't know why, but it's working. He's at least entertaining on screen. Um, it's not the cheesy kind of face he was, you know, back in the SmackDown days. Oh, Christian, stop. (laughs) You and that fucking plant. Is it that Herb? Was cheesy. What was his name? What was the plant's name? I don't remember name? at this point. We, we do this. You have a shirt. Week. I do not have a shirt. You have a shirt with the plant if, on if, it. If, if I, I mean, uh, if there is one, you can give me one. I'll wear it. <laughs> I might have to look it up. I'm sure there's one on eBay somewhere. I'm sure they had a shirt with the plant. Uh-huh. Uh, but anyway, it's working. Because it's, I don't know, it's this weird hybrid of kind of what he was doing when he was doing the kind of cheese fucking, you know, prop comedy mm. that he did for like a year or so. Um, and then, you know, I don't know, the original like Ambrose that we got in the beginning. So just kind of like off his rocker, you know, loose cannon style, if you will. Um, but I, I like it. I enjoyed it. So he, he challenged, he challenged uh, McIntyre to a uh, street fight. Um came out wearing two belts, which just looked fucking ridiculous for some reason. Um, whipped the shit out of McIntyre at one point, but then, of course, the goon squad, mm. you know, interrupted. And this... Has Elias always been a part of this alliance? No. Okay. So Dean beforehand was, uh, he interrupted Elias and was insulting him and shit like that. And then they all came out, it just became a mess, and he was getting his shit kicked out of him. And then all of a sudden, you know, the shield basically came out and saved him. Um, you know, but it was interesting because they went ahead, they, you know, basically chased everyone off, beat them down, and then they kind of, you know, left and left Dean, like, laying, you know, in the corner. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if they're going to do some kind of mini angle there or whatever, or if they're just going to leave it be and Dean's going to be his own thing and, you know, they're going to be their own thing, but... I don't know. It should be interesting. It'd be a good, it'd be a good quick decision for like Fastlane if they wanted to do a six man. Mm-hmm. It would make sense really... booking wise because they have nothing else mm-hmm. to do right now. Um, Rollins is still injured though, so I don't know if they'll go that route. Um, I another, feel like Dean needs to at least apologize for his god awful comments that he made about Roman. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know what they'll do about that. Um, but that's why you don't have angles like that. Mm-hmm. So. Um, it just makes everyone look bad and just, it was gross. So don't do it. But yeah, no, it, it, I mean, but it's not past, you know, I mean, it's not beyond WWE just to kind of pretend something didn't happen. So they could also do that, you know, but it was also announced that at mania, Dean is going to be facing drew in his last match. Hmm. So they already announced that this is Dean's last match at, at mania. mania at mania. Yeah. No one gets a spot like that. <laughs> Seems ridiculous to me. I've never heard of anything like that. And then we've also seen Dean fight Drew twice already. Mm-hmm. So why? Why why do this match? You know, unless it's bullshit. Unless it's bullshit. You know, um, I don't I don't get it. 
you know, unless you just want Dean there to like come out at the end when Rollins wins the belt along with Reigns. Because I have a feeling you'll have like them celebrating the ring with him, you know, at the end and have like a mini shield reunion slash goodbye party. That'd be another great turn by Dean if he turned heel on them again. Oh, yeah, and then he really did sign it. That would be nice. I would like that. That would totally ruin the moment of Seth winning, but that'd be great. Double double turn. Hmm. Yeah, no, that would be fantastic, but it's not going to happen. Or if Roman turns, that's not going to happen. No. (laughs) How would you book Roman? Where, Where would you put him? I don't know. I'd put him in maybe like a match where it's like a returning star, like maybe Cena or something. I would have put him with uh, McIntyre. That makes sense, too. So, really, you know, it doesn't make any sense. Like, I feel like that's a pre-show match now. Dean versus McIntyre. Yeah, but... Like, why would you waste time with that? I don't get it. It doesn't make any sense. And I thought that you would get Angle versus McIntyre. I thought that's kind of what we were were leading to. You know, or Braun versus McIntyre. So, it's just strange to me. But I swear, I saw Dean versus McIntyre at at Mania. (laughs) So, just really bizarre. We've seen it twice already. Why do we want to see it again? <laughs> I don't know. Um, and that just that also leaves the question, where do you put Braun on this card? Where's Because I don't want to see Braun versus Corbin. For the Raw's mid-card is a fucking black hole. Mm-hmm. Like, seriously, with Lashley, Elias, Braun, McIntyre. I mean, it's just a black hole. Like, they've done nothing for those mm-hmm. guys, you know. The, you know, the main event scene's great. And I, even, like, the lower card shit, you know, you know right now is, is fine with me. But, like, the just that group of guys, they've done no favors for them whatsoever. You think about, like, how hot Braun was last year at this time. Mm-hmm. We were questioning why he wasn't in the main event or WrestleMania, you know, instead of uh, Roman. And now, like, I, I literally stop paying attention when he's on screen at this point, you know. I mean, it's just no, really disappointing. It's really disappointing. Um, but anyway, I did enjoy the show, though. I did enjoy <laughs> the show, I swear. Uh, Becky was arrested, so they had a tag match with uh, Natalia and Ronda versus the Riot Squad. We've seen it at least three or four times mm-hmm. at this point, so you knew <laughs> you know, Becky was going to show up, and she did. Um, attacked uh, Natalia, started attacking everyone, huge pull-apart. Um, Prior last week, Triple H said if she, you know, showed up again, she would get arrested, and she got arrested, and they finally did her getting handcuffed and walking off, you know, so they got that shot. Um, so it worked well, it was effective and everything it like that. It looked good in the little promo package before the match. Yes, exactly. And it was, it was, was interesting was what happened afterwards where Rhonda like, called out Vince, but Vincent showed up, Stephanie showed up, she got in her face and everything. The promo itself, you know, was a little iffy, but Rhonda just worked a match, mm. so I think it's forgivable. You know, I'm grading her on a curve. It's fine. It's her first year. Um, but she relinquished the title. She basically laid the title down, you know, basic, giving them an ultimatum of, you know what, you know, if Becky's not going to be included in this match, I don't want your title. You know, this isn't real. Um, she did say, I'm not your worker, which I thought was interesting. You know, especially after what we heard on Twitter this, you know, today, as we're recording mm-hmm. this, it's Thursday, um, you know, which I'm sure was all written and, you know, part <laughs> of the plan. You know, Hope so. everyone's excited. It was, it was fucking damn entertaining, though. My God. <laughs> <laughs> 
So uh, Becky used the term fake on Twitter. Um, oh, Rhonda used it. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, Rhonda used the term fake on Twitter. Becky would not use the term. Rhonda did. And it started this huge back and forth mm-hmm. between the two. It got nasty quickly. <laughs> um, but it was it was damn entertaining. So I'm sure they're realizing, okay, well, we have to be PG on the screen. But on Twitter, we can do it the fuck we want. <laughs> so, um, you know, and it's a great way to really utilize social media. Yes. Why not? You know, you have like a secondary angle going on. We don't have to address it really on screen. Maybe a little like veil mention of it, you know. But on Twitter, we can go crazy and, you know, do Attitude Era, if not beyond Attitude Era angles. Mm-hmm. So um, I wouldn't be surprised if they do more stuff like this. So it'd be interesting if they start to do it with other people rather than just... Yes. Well, that's what I'm saying. Mm. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if they start using that, you know. And they've kind of, like, you know, dipped their toe in it before. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if we saw it with, like, other angles, you know. Yeah. Oh, um, Rowan's still definitely using it in the next year. Yeah, I, I, I think so. And it makes sense, you know, add some heat to it, you know. You know, um, some fuel to the fire, if you will. So, but it was, it was damn good shit. If you haven't seen it, check it out. So, you know, um, but yeah, um, it was a damn good show though. A really good show. I really, I mean, I can't complain about the show because I had a bunch of feel good moments, you know, furthered storylines. Mm-hmm. It's what you want, you know, um, still too long, but, <laughs> but it's what you want. So Raw ends with Ric Flair's birthday party. Um, throughout the night, yeah. you know, they're shooting little promos and everything like that with people who are showing up for the party. Mm. Um, you know, it was well done. You saw Steamboat. Um, you saw Sting. Um, HBK was there. So, I mean, it was, it was, they had like a little red carpet, you know, mm-hmm. you know set up, which was totally cheesy. All the superstars waiting on the entrance ramp. Yes, 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 yes. So they're, yeah, when they're about to actually do the little ceremony or everything that you know they had all the superstars on the ramp you had them uh unveil like a little like a, a little the you know classic you know wcw nwa title mm-hmm. um but they like had really nice side plates on you know on each side just kind of like you know i think it was like representing all his like title reigns and everything oh, okay. um you know so it was it, it was a nice title so i'm sure flair got his hands on that at the end of the night so but then you know they cue his music and flair doesn't show up everyone's kind of looking around and then you see you know on the titan tron fucking batista grabbing a cameraman yanking him with him as he goes into the uh, flair's locker room and then all of a sudden he's dragging flair out um he stops he taunts triple h um just looking like a psychopath mm-hmm. and you know it, you know, pans back to Triple H, who runs, you know, up the ramp into the, you know, locker room. Um, very well done. You know, pretty big surprise and everything. Um, I wasn't online, you know, before the show, so I didn't see the rumor that, you know, Batista was backstage. Mm-hmm. So I had no clue. Um, you know, just really nicely done. I like it when they, you know, end on a note like that. You know, so many times with Raw you know, ends on, like, a main event that no one really gives a shit about, you know? They just, they know no one's watching the third hour, mm. so they just kind of throw, you know... It's almost like Saturday Night Main Event from back in the day, where you'd have to watch the first hour to see, like, it, it would actually start off with the main event, and then, you know, the rest of the show is just kind of, like, you know, gimmick matches and BS, you know? Yeah. Still entertaining, but, you know, Raw, not so much, but, you know, 
it was nice for them to end with that big moment and everything. Oh, yeah. Even, like, trying to catch up online, I still was like, oh, what happened during, you know, Ric Flair's birthday? You know, they kept promoting the shit out of it for the last two Well, and we were speculating, of course, that, you know, Becky was going to be the one to interfere in the match and everything like that. So, we, you know, the ceremony. So, that that was our huge speculation, you know. And I feel like everyone saw that. Mm -hmm. So, it was a good, like, kind of swerve that they did there. Um, you know, and it, it, it got people talking and it got you kind of excited for a match I don't even want to see. I don't want to <laughs> see Triple H versus Batista and fucking Mania, yeah. you know. But I like that Batista's the heel here. Um, I thought it was a well done angle. So I, I'm I'm curious to see where they go with it. You know? Absolutely. Even though I, I totally know what's happening. Um, go moving on SmackDown. So we had some surprises on SmackDown this week. Um, we started off with a contract signing, which was nice. You know, they had the table in the ring ready to go. I'd rather you start like the fucking show rather than end. I hate when they use the main event as yes. a signing. <laughs> yes, yes, because we know what's going to happen. Um, but this didn't go that way this week. So, you know, tables did not fly this week. Um, you had, you know, Daniel Bryan already in the ring. You had Shane and Stephanie out there. Um, they played a really nice promo package for Kofi. You know, explaining like all his accolades and everything like that throughout the years. It was really well done. You know, um, I forgot that he won the U.S. title. Like I forgot like some things. You know, some great highlights mm-hmm. in his career and everything. Kofi came out, um, looked like he was about to sign the contract, and then all of a sudden, it's his music hits, and um, he comes out at first singing like Kofi's you know, praises and everything like that. And then it sounds like he's going to like, you know, rubber stamp everything and, you know, and then all of a sudden he says, you're not, you're not main event, you know, quality, you know, you don't belong in the main event. I have to give the people what they deserve, you know, Mm -hmm. and then KO's music hits and we get the return of Kevin Owens to a decent pop, you know, pretty big pop for what was happening angle wise there. Um, you know, storyline-wise, doesn't make much sense that McMahon would be backing Kevin Owens. No. Not much. You know, he did headbutt him. Yeah. Unless know. he's afraid of another yeah. one. So, maybe. <laughs> maybe throw him backstage. I don't know. Um, the McMahons, you know, or Stephanie and Shane in the ring were both confused. Um, Jaws, you know, on the ground. So, it seems like that's going to end up being something. Because this is the second time Vince mm-hmm. has done this. You know, he did it with, you know, Becky and Ronda. You know, inserting Charlotte in. When a heel is the one coming out, not someone who clearly seems like the face of the situation. Yeah, but Stephanie's just on Raw was the heel of that situation. So it's a little weird, you know, but I don't mind that. You know, that's fine. Yeah, with Triple H, you have him one week kind of threatening, you know, Becky getting slapped in the face. The next week coming out, you know, being the DX guy, Mm. Um, you know, and then, you know, last week or not last week on Monday running to save Ric Flair. So, I mean, they're all kind of like in this gray area right now, which I'm fine with. So, and I'm sure now that Triple H is in this angle with Batista, he's going to be definitely more of the face than anything. So we'll see how they use that when it comes to him as like an authority figure, you know, if he's going to be involved, any of that. Mm -hmm. So, um, So, I'm excited to see Kevin Owens back. I'm excited to see him getting a title shot. Um, But I'm also excited to see that Kofi's not getting the title shot at Fastlane because it tells me 
that they actually pulled an audible here and they realized that Kofi is the hot angle right now. Let's ride that to WrestleMania. And that means we're going to probably get Daniel Bryan versus Kofi at Mania, which great. That's yes. awesome. And it shows me that they're being flexible with their thinking and that they're booking by the crowd's response, which is great. You know, because really, I mean, this was not in the cards before. There's no, no way that this was possibly <laughs> in the cards before. Because if you think about it, it was Mustafa Ali's, you know, spot that he took. So they didn't know that, you know, that this is where they're going to go. But, you know, they're seemingly listening to the fans right now, um, which is a good thing. I'm just hoping it doesn't go in a, a triple threat route. Because I don't want them to think, oh, well, we still want Kevin Owens versus Brian at Mania, but... Let's mix it up. I wouldn't hate a triple threat match, um, but if it's it's still going to end up being Charlotte versus you know Becky mm-hmm. versus Ronda, then I don't want two yeah. triple threat matches. Um, I want something nice and juicy for Kevin Owens to do at Mania, so I wouldn't hate it necessarily. But I want to see Kofi win that belt at Mania. I think that'd be a huge, you know, um, you know, moment. But at the same time. Do they have like Kofi winning and Seth winning? <sighs> Probably not, but that would be nice. Or they use Kofi winning to, you know, kind of, I don't know, put out the flames of Brock winning again. <laughs> <laughs> that is 100% possible. It is. It is. You know, every time I mean, we say he's going to lose the title, he just keeps I would have bet my house last year. <laughs> that you know Roman was gonna win I mean that whole angle was mm-hmm. set up for Roman going over so the fact that he didn't just was mesmerizing to me I could not believe that you know that's the way they decided to go so um I don't know I don't know the old man's crazy so we'll see it just feels like too many feel good moments possibly happening over on me well, there's right nothing now. wrong with being happy during a <laughs> Right? Then why are we always so miserable at the end of Mania? <laughs> at least the last five years. I don't know, man. So, I don't know, man. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. But yeah, right now, I, I really want to see Kofi with that title. You know, they've definitely worked their magic on me. Mm-hmm. So, and that's something I wouldn't think I'd be saying a month ago. <laughs> but be a great moment. Yes, you know, I, I think it'd be a better moment than even Seth winning the belt. So, because Seth has been mm-hmm. there before, I yeah. feel like Kofi and his history and everything like that just be huge and be so like out of nowhere, catching lightning in a bottle, you know. And it would show me that you know they're learning something. You know, they're actually learning from their mistakes. Maybe the this new era can work. Yeah, maybe we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so. Yeah, on to SmackDown, though. We got the return of Matt Hardy out of fucking nowhere. They went over them on the bar. The Hardy boys reunited. Um, he seemed to be kind of, I don't know, Matt Hardy again. He was doing some of the, you know, broken Matt Hardy shit, but then also talking more like himself. So it was weird. Maybe they I, told him to tone it down a bit? I don't know if they want to just go straight Hardy boys. So it doesn't hurt, you know, the tag team division to have mm. the Hardy boys part of it, though. So, not a bad thing. Um, so, the NXT guys had a match um, against Rusev and Nakamura. Mm. Um, that was uh, 
you had uh you had Alistair Black and Ricochet uh in the back. Uh Lana approached them. They cut a god awful fucking promo that seemed like <laughs> it was written by a third grader. You know. If you could read my skin, you would know who I was. Like it was horrible. Okay. Yeah, really bad. Like, you know, what happened to like quiet and mysterious? Like it was everything that I don't want for Alistair Black. Way too much talking. Um, you know, you people who see my matches know that I'm the one and only. Like that was Ricochet's yeah. line. It was just awful. That being said, good fucking match. You know, um, really want to see like a Nakamura Elster Black one on one match. Mm-hmm. I think that'd be fantastic. So two strikers going at yes. it. Yes, and that was a great counter at the end. There. Yes, everything. Yes, you know. Um, but yeah, I, I like. I have no idea how they're booking these NXT guys. I don't know where this is leading to. No idea. Um, you know, they're just kind of destroying the tag team division right now. Whatever. <laughs> so we'll see what happens. Um, you know, unless they end up working each other at Mania, I have no clue. I don't know where they go with this. So that'd be weird, though. It would be weird. It would be weird, and it would feel very like I don't know, shoehorned mm. in. So um, hopefully they figure out some good angles for them. I don't know if I want both, you know, teams like, you know, and that, it feels like Aleister Black and Ricochet is a team right now. I don't want to see them both like in tag team matches, you know, DIY in them. So it, I don't know. Hopefully they figure out like a good angle for them. Mm. So um, I miss I miss Money in the Bank, man, being part of WrestleMania. I really do. I wish it was in a separate like pay-per-view now. I always thought that was a fun match, and it was a great way to showcase a lot of talent on the card. You know, they need better than the Andre the Giant. Oh God, yeah, that that's the shits. I hate the Andre the Giant Battle Royal. No one cares about that. So I would love for them to bring back like Money in the Bank at I know, I know, because they it's just another easy fucking pay per view Mm -hmm. for them. Just I don't know. It just belongs on Mania. It was always such a great feature on the card and everything. And like I said, it was a great showcase for a lot of talent who might not necessarily have anything going on at that point. So a few years back, they did the IC belt like in a ladder match. Yes, but then know. Zack Ryder came out as champion. Yeah, well, booking aside, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and that was out of nowhere because he wasn't even in the match. Like. Two weeks prior, they just kind of threw him in after a couple yep, of injuries. And he did it for his dad. Yeah, and then you lost the belt the next night to The Miz. So, um, but yeah, no, I, hope, I wouldn't mind seeing that, though, like the U.S. title or something like that in some kind of ladder match or something. And feature someone like, you know, Ricochet or Black, you know. I think that'd be a great way to showcase them. But That, maybe have um, Ray and Andrade in there. Yes, that'd yes. Be amazing. And you did have a triple threat match, speaking mm-hmm. of Ray and Andrade. Um Truth came out and, you know, uh, confessed his love for his hero, John Cena. He watched him growing up and, you know, he was good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm pretty sure he's older. Yeah. He's older than I'm like, that's Cena. not right. <laughs> so, but it was a great segment. Truth is just fantastic, man. I love him. I can't help it. I, he's a guilty pleasure. Um, he came out. He's, he restarted the open, you know, uh, uh, U.S. Challenge. challenge, whatever they call it. So, um, Andre, Andre came out, was walking down the ramp and then Ray came out, you know, uh, knocked over Andrade and ran into the ring, you know, and then they both came in the ring and, you know, truth was like, I don't know what to do. Um, what would John Cena do? <laughs> and then, you know, he challenged both of them. So it was a decent, you know, triple threat match. Well, um, the, the part that you're missing there is that he won. 
Yes. <laughs> he actually won the match. He pinned Mysterio. So crazy, right? Yes. Um, so I don't know if this is going to end up being some kind of fast lane match, but, you know, or if he continues this kind of angle and maybe it does lead to, you know, a WrestleMania, you know, some kind of, you know, ladder match or something like that. You know, can truth carry the belt for that long? I really thought it was going to be like a week, you know, title <laughs> reign. So I'm, I'm, I, I forgot he had the belt mm-hmm, until I watched the show. Out, yeah. yeah. Until he came out with it. So honestly, um, Charlotte came out, cut a fucking classic heel promo, man. It was good stuff. It was it was a good change of pace, especially since you know you didn't have Becky there coming out and beating up everyone. That's right. That's right. And it was nice though, just Charlotte being a heel. Mm. You know, pure heel, nothing more, nothing less. You know, I it I think it was a reminder for me like how good she can be on the mic as a classic heel. So there's a lot of times when she's in the ring with someone else. She kind of goes the Stephanie McMahon like heel route where she's just talking over people and interrupting and not letting anyone else get over. Mm-hmm. Um, she can kind of like suck the life out of promos like that. But, you know, on her own, man, just classic heel shit, you know, making her dad proud. So, Did they do anything to further Asuka and Mandy Rose's storyline no. in this episode? No, unless I was in the bathroom at the time. I did not see <laughs> anything. They did announce it as a match for Fastlane, though. So Mandy Rose is going to win the title there. So something to look forward to. <laughs> so you had KO asking to tag up with Kofi to go against Daniel Bryan and uh, Eric Rowan. Yes. Um, you know, that was, our, that was our main event. I totally felt like, okay, Kevin Owens is going to totally stab Kofi in the back. Mm-hmm. Um, he didn't. He worked pure face the entire match. Um, it was a good match. Uh, Owens won with the stunner, so the crowd was into it. Just a solid match. So, I mean, there's some intrigue there to see exactly how they're going to be booking Kevin, you know, going forward. (laughs) It's a little weird. Very confused. He felt like sympathetic, you know, even Mm -hmm. backstage when he's talking about, you know, getting the title shot and everything. Um, I think it was important to show Kofi's reluctance, at least, during this match. And he was. He was reluctant yes. to be a part of this and everything. Kofi did a great job in the opening segment showing his heartbreak to losing that title shot mm-hmm. at Fastlane. I thought that was well done. He didn't do the typical thing, you know. He let, you know, Xavier and Big E, like, kind of do that shit where he's yelling. They were yelling and screaming at McMahon and everything. He just kind of, like slumped his shoulders down and kind of put his head down and like you know just was completely devastated or heartbroken and walked up the ramp i thought it was really well done because you really felt for him at that Mm. moment so you know it just wasn't that typical like wrestler reaction to bad news (laughs) that you see so often you know just you know i think it made him even more sympathetic well it felt like the reaction of someone who's been pretty much told no his entire career so um just just great, you know. So it's definitely going to even get Kofi Mania bigger and bigger, mm-hmm. you know, going into Mania. So, and it's definitely going to Mania. There's no way around it. So, um, you know, which is huge. I mean, like I said, a month ago, if you told me, I'd be like super excited for Kofi Kingston, you know, WrestleMania main events. I would call you a fucking liar. <laughs> so, <laughs> and no disrespect to Kofi. Mm-hmm. He's a great wrestler, but he's been booked just so like, you know, just 50-50 middle grounds, you know, just kind of like that classic mid-card guy, you know. I'm not saying he's like 
I don't know, S.D. Jones or anything like that, but he's kind of like, you know, before he found New Day, he was definitely falling into that category yeah. of being a glorified jobber. I mean, New Day really gave him, you know, a new, like, lease on life, you know, in wrestling career-wise, um, where he was just kind of like the tag guy or, you know, the mm-hmm. lower mid-card guy, almost like a gatekeeper. Um, so it's really nice to see him, you know, kind of get catapulted into the situation. Um, and it's well-deserved. You know, he puts on some fucking entertaining yes. matches and everything. He's got I absolutely great I spots. still love his suicide dive. Mm-hmm. Where he does the whole, just falls backwards. Yes. And it looks dangerous as hell. Every it's like almost like a trust it. fall. Yeah. It's a trust fall. Really, it is. Um, you know, but he really, you know, puts himself out there, you know, every night he wrestles. So, she, Jamaican, you crazy, Christian? No. He is. No. I think he is. <laughs> he's Guinean now. Thank you. <laughs> do you have the shirt? No, I do not, but I should, shouldn't I? You do. You do. It's right next to your <laughs> Herb the Plant shirt. Hey, I've been a fan since I was seven years old of Cody I know. Jesus, so that's I'm, a- I'm happy to see this. That's awesome. I've been a fan since I was 27 years old. So. <laughs> <laughs> I was super excited when he had the angle with uh, Orton. Yes. You know. When he did the, what, what he used to call it, the boom drop? Mm-hmm. He doesn't call it that anymore, right? It's something New Day inspired now, like Pancake or something. Okay. Okay. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if it's the booty drop or something. Do you think this eventually leads to the New Day disbanding? Um, No, I don't. I think that they'll just be kind of like his hype men, or they will do a tag... And him, why? Such an easy angle, though. Yes. Feels like right up WWE's like alley, you know, to like totally go that route. Have like Big E or Xavier like stab him in the back, you know, out of jealousy. Hmm. Such a classic WWE. Oh, I, I wouldn't mind if the title changes um, Kofi and he goes heel. I can't even imagine that. We saw heel like Kofi. In the very beginning of New Day, mm. first couple months, but he it was fun. He can talk shit. He is. I just can't. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. He's if so likable that it's just hard to like. You know. Yeah, but I don't know if it's too much exposure to up, up, down, down. Seeing the villain character he plays there, mm, where he's talking talk, smack yeah, and shit, just nonstop. Yeah, it's just being able to do it like mm. on the main stage in front of everyone. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. They're totally going to go that route, though. You know that. <laughs> They're going to disband New Day. Because you can't have too many nice things. Mm-hmm. You know, McMahon. <laughs> He's got to break something. I guess. You got a new toy here? Well, yeah, that's fine. I'm going to break this toy forever. that you love. They've so, been together for a really long time. They have been. They have been. I, I'm, I'm really impressed that they've, you know, somehow survived this long mm-hmm. without being broken up at all. So, I mean, they haven't even teased any angles, really, with that. So, I don't know. I don't know. People have been speculating for years over it, so we'll see. But good for Kofi, goddammit. All right, well, damn it, do we have any outside of WWE news? Well, not necessarily outside WWE. We had a bunch of firings. Oh, yeah. This past Friday, uh, we had Arn Anderson, you know, the enforcer, get fired, which is crazy. It felt like he was a lifer. going to enforce for them. I have no idea. Not Arn. <laughs> so, um, I guess there's some kind of dispute between him and Vince. 
Um, they just weren't getting along anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, Ar- Arn was a backstage producer. So um, something happened, though, I believe, at a house show. I haven't heard exactly what it was. Um, but, you know, it led to them parting ways. Arn, obviously, I guess he wasn't too upset about it, though. So it seemed like it was probably time. Um, it's interesting because Arn, he's got huge fans, mm-hmm. you know, in the locker room and like bigger names like John Cena. He's been his producer for years. And Triple H is a huge fan of Arn. So, you know, for Vince to make that call, it, it means something. So they obviously were just not getting along. Um, speculation, of course, right away started that, you know, he'll be, you know, headed over to AEW sooner than later. That's and, anyone that leaves so though. But it makes a lot of mm. sense, just his lineage and everything like that, his connection to Cody and, you know, his father. Um, and they could use a producer the caliber of Arn Anderson. Yes. So it would make sense. Um, they hired Bruce Pritchard, though, um, who has a long, long history with Vince um, was his, one of his right-hand men back in the day. Um, he started this past Monday, and the shows did feel better. I don't know if that has anything to do with Pritchard. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he was just kind of, you know, in the background to start off, but who knows? You know, um, I'm interested to see, you know, where that ends up being. He's supposed to be a writer right now. You know, I don't know if it will lead to, like, a bigger role, you know, down the line for mm-hmm. him. We know Vince is going to have to take some time off for the XFL, you know, At some point. if he wants to like, you know, give Bruce more power since he trusts them, you know, maybe that's, you know, one of his roles. I don't know though. Cause you also have Triple H there and yeah. Stephanie and everything like that. But he does, Kid you know, hands. yes, well maybe, um, <laughs> <laughs> I trust Triple H. Um, and I really shouldn't, but I do, you know, and that's all too dialing Steve though. Mm. But, uh, you know, just even as, like, a lead writer, I could see Bruce, you know, kind of stepping up into the role. I'm just worried about, because one of my favorite shows, Something to Wrestle With, I hope that doesn't end, because that really got me listening to podcasts. Yeah. So, um, you know, we'll see what happens, though. So, who else Who else got fired? Well, um... TJ, uh... Ty Dillinger left. Ty Dillinger, he requested yes, his release, uh, and they actually... Gave it to him. Yes. Really TJ balls. Perkins was fired. TJ Perkins got fired. Yes. I have no idea. Do we know why? I don't know. I His TV time, but you know, it's just been plummeting. Because he's like the inaugural, like, uh, Cruiserweight champion. Yeah. yeah. He won the whole Cruiserweight challenge and everything like that. So I was really surprised by that. And when, even when that happened, it seemed like they were so behind him and then it just fell. Because it wasn't necessarily popular, him mm. winning. Because a lot of people are a little pissed off about that. I forgot who was the favorite, but it definitely wasn't TJ. Uh, was it Alexander? Well, I think a lot of fans were behind Ibushi. When, yeah, yeah. But he just didn't want to sign a contract. No. So <laughs> they went TJ, but... Was the rumors where he was like saying he just said screw off, pretty much? And I don't know. I have no idea. He's supposed to be kind of an eccentric guy behind mm. the scenes. So I was surprised that he actually signed a contract with New Japan. So he's like, you know, now a New Japan guy, like officially. Oh, so, so he can win the title finally? Hopefully. We'll see. Not that would. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense. I mean, he's a fan favorite, mm. so it's a good move by New Japan. I'm just surprised they were able to actually, like, you know, nail it down. I would I would have expected him to actually end up over at AEW, see, honestly. The problem is I'm going to be so pissed off when 
Ibushi gets the title before Naito. <laughs> That's totally going to happen, too, uh-huh. isn't it? I, I still feel like it's Naito's year. Nothing nothing is telling me that it's Naito's year. I still feel like it's Naito's year. They book the long term, man. I get it, but I don't see the long term with Naito winning. They like the long game. I'm, I'm <laughs> saying it's Naito. You don't see it in the cards right now. <sighs> but you didn't. I mean, last year this time, did you see Tanahashi winning? No. No. So, like I said, we've got plenty of time. Well, maybe I don't trust them anymore. Oh, you shouldn't. Tanahashi. But, I mean, they like that long-form storytelling. So, I, I definitely feel like Naito is going to have his chance. He's going to get that belt. He's going to have his Russell Kingdom moment. Mm-hmm. I, I'll go that far. So, it'll get there. He's the most popular guy in fucking, you know... You know, the promotion right now. So, they'll go there. Alright. Don't worry, Christian. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> I won't hold my breath, though. You shouldn't. You shouldn't. <laughs> Alright, man. That's going to do it for wrestling. Yes. That's going to do it for the show, man. we got to get some shout-outs. Alright, Christian. Before we go, we got some podcasts that we want to shout-out. Um, some shows that we think you should be listening to. Yes, I'm going to do it this time, Damon. Go for it, because I'm dying. <laughs> So first up, Damon, we have Cult of Domesticity, uh, the Cult of Domesticity podcast on iTunes and other apps. If you like history, true crime, friendship, and movie references, this is the podcast for you. You know I love my movie references. It's the podcast for me, damn it. (laughs) Uh, Up next, I have Fresh Geek Context. Fresh Geek Context is a show where they share what they love. Um, It's a fresh perspective from the eyes and minds of geeks. Yeah, go ahead and check them out. Yes. All right. Uh, next up, we've got the Delvin Cox Experience, the podcast in which each week I'm on a one-man mission. Well, not me, but Delvin is on a one-man mission uh, to unite our culture through diversity. How, you may ask, with great interviews and conversations with people from different cultures and backgrounds. And you can go ahead and check him out on all your popular podcast platforms. Uh Next up, we have something a little different. It's actually a review blog or site. Um, It's the R.L. Terry Real View. Um, And you can go ahead and find it over at rlterryrealview.com. He explores film, theme parks, and television. Um, All your entertainment needs. Great reviewer. um, Really gets in depth with his Mm -hmm. reviews. So it's one of my favorite review sites to check out. All right. I think that's going to do it for this episode. That's going to do it for this episode? But first, we got to talk to you a little bit about us. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know where you were going. I was like on the edge of my seat. What are we talking about, Christian? No, man, you got to check us out on dramacityproductions.com. DCP. Yes. Uh, You can find us and plenty of other great podcasts there, so definitely check that out. And maybe, you know, some podcasts that aren't deathly ill. Yes. <laughs> Don't sound like crap today. Uh, <laughs> we made it through it, though, Christian. We, we, we made did it to it. the end. Uh, it's for the people. <laughs> uh, you can also follow us on social media. We are on Facebook. We are on Twitter. We are on Instagram. Instagram. That's right. We do sh- different shit on each one of those. We are your nerd hub for all your pop culture needs, Christian. Exactly. Um, also, um, make sure if you're on any of those wonderful platforms that you listen to your favorite plat- uh, podcast on, that you go ahead and you leave us a, well, first of all, subscribe, but also <laughs> rate and review us because that really keeps a podcast like us, a small independent podcast going. So yes. we live by those reviews. Yeah, and if you want to be able to support us in other ways, 
We have shirts, man. That's right. We got merch. So <laughs> we are over on T Public. Go ahead, support the show by grabbing a shirt. Yes. Um, and they're, they're they're pretty cool shirts. Yeah. And we're, right. we're, we're coming up with some more designs, I think. Yes, that's Eventually. right. More on the way. <laughs> um, um, but also, if you want to continue to support us, go ahead, go over to SeatGiants.com. Uh, yes, get a ticket to one of your favorite shows. Yes, and this is only benefiting you. Exactly. You know? But if you enter that promo code, NerdShow, some of that might go our way too. So, yeah, right? So, support the show, go see an awesome, you know, uh, event. And you know what? We're all happy then. Yes. Right? Um, what else do we got? Um, besides that, you know, make sure that you're checking out Greb Brebner, the music that you're hearing right now. As we speak. Badass producer, badass DJ. That's right. Yeah, go ahead, check him out on SoundCloud, and he's also a fun follow on Instagram. Yes, and um, at the beginning of the show, you heard them Guilty Aces. Definitely check them out. They're a great rockabilly band. They rock out in Chicago every week. That's right. Uh, you can find their stuff on iTunes. They got a bunch of videos on YouTube. And if you're in the Chicagoland area, go ahead and check out a show. All right. And that's officially it, David. I'm going to go die. <laughs> I need to sleep. David needs to take more pills probably at this yes, point. Yes, yes. Hopefully we'll be back next week healthy, <laughs> uh, bright-eyed, and bushy-tailed. Yes. I doubt it, though. <laughs> at least we won't be bright-eyed. No, I can no. tell you that. No, and I don't <laughs> think I've ever been bushy-tailed in my life. So, uh, But that's going to do it for this week. Yes. My name's Christian. And my name's David. And that's The Amazing Nerd Show. This has been a Drama City production. Thank you.